Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Take down the Chicago Bulls by a score of 106 to 102 in preseason action. This was definitely the closest game that we've seen, probably the most competitive game that we have seen in preseason for the Raptors, uh, who improved to 3-0. I mean, the record is not that important. I think it's much more important how they play and sort of their continuation of how they're executing uh, their schemes and their principles. And I appreciate the fact that this was a competitive game. This was a close game. Came down to the wire. Um, and typically I would start with sort of how this game ended, but I feel like the result is secondary. I think the more important thing in preseason obviously is, um, well, number one, stay healthy, but number two, like, you know, just how are your main guys operating? What are they doing? Are they, you know, adhering to the new changes in game plan? And, um, I gotta say it was a choppy game. You know, um, the starters certainly did not start well. Uh, there was a ton of turnovers. It felt like they were almost forcing too many passes towards the middle um, a lot of bounce passes and sort of pocket passes that got picked off um, you know not, I would say neither team was really scoring all that great to begin the game but the starters certainly did not put the Raptors off to a great start uh, it actually wasn't until the bench came in where the Raptors finally got a bit of a lift and sort of got going and got the momentum and you have to give lots of credit to Gary Trent Jr. for this performance um, you know he was the first one who kind of kick-started the effort and he came in Knocked down back-to-back threes. That was great. But the playmaking from him, um, which is something you almost never hear because you never really see it. Um, you saw it today. You saw Gary um, really come into the game and make a couple of really nice passes. He had one in transition, which I think he threw with his left, where he's 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 pushing the ball down the floor and Scotty's racing up ahead of him. Uh, and he might have slipped the screen and cut to the basket and Gary found him. Very tight window there where Scotty kind of had a half step over his man, but Gary's pass was so good. He was able to thread it through this window, find Scotty, and Scotty was able to finish, I believe, um, with his right going hard to the basket. Um, really, really nice pass. He put some zip on that pass, but it was also an accurate one, a good read as well. Just not the kind of things that you have seen from Gary um, as a member of the Raptors the last you know two, three years since he's joined the team. Um, you know, obviously the scoring is there. We know he can really catch fire from three. We know the mid-range game is there for him as well. Um, obviously, transition-wise, um, you know, he, he does leave a couple of points short. Uh, we saw him miss a dunk already earlier this season. Or in preseason, we saw him get chased down. Really impressive play by Torrey Craig, but really Torrey Craig should have had no chance. Gary should have finished that, and he got stuffed right at the basket. It was a big highlight that went around. Um, and he missed another opportunity in transition as well after the Raptors uh, got out to a break. But honestly, that playmaking and that three-point shooting really got the Raptors started. Uh, Gary followed that up with a nice little bounce pass. Just quickly reading the situation, the ball swung over to Gary, who had a quick screen from Boucher. Boucher slipped the screen, and Gary found him with a nice little bounce pass. Very quick, very in- intuitive play. Almost as if the Raptors kind of um, had worked on it, had almost scripted a, a, an action like that, because everything was quite organized, even though it wasn't like a half-court set in the sense that wasn't like this is the play and everyone had a very, very structured uh, um, position in it, but they were well aligned in terms of when the ball's on to Gary, the screen was already there from Boucher. So then when Boucher was able to slip really quickly, that opened up a bit of a gap. He got a step on his man. And then Gary, uh, even without sort of reading uh, and waiting to see if Boucher would get open, threw him the bounce pass early enough where Boucher was able to finish. So I know I'm highlighting two passes, but seriously, that that's a lot more than what Gary has done in the past. I mean, Gary has consistently been somebody who has provided scoring, um, been good on defense, uh, varying degrees of good on defense, but 
Um, you know, I've been wanting the playmaking, and I think that today you saw that. Uh, again, it's just four assists, but Gary really got the, the show started for the Raptors. Uh, and then I thought the starters came back in, and they played really well. Um, and when I mean starters, I mostly mean that Pascal, OG, Scotty, and Dennis played really well together. Um, we saw variations of certain different players uh, operating with that group. We saw Grady Dick get some minutes with that group, and he, I thought he did pretty well. Uh, we saw I saw some Jalen McDaniels in those lineups, and I like Jalen McDaniels in those groups as well. I know the overall stat line from uh, Jalen is not great. It's like, what, two of seven from the field in 25 minutes. Um, but I thought he actually seamlessly fit really well uh, with whatever group he was playing with, either that was the bench or with the starters. And the inefficiency came about when the Raptors were trying to force him to, or the lineups on the floor didn't have enough offense and he had to, was forced to go. He is not a player that generates his own offense. And so, you know, what you want to do is find him on cuts. You want to find him for open three-point sh- uh, shots. You want to find him in transition. He finds his own little putbacks, all that kind of stuff. Uh, when he's actually featured and attacking the offense, I mean, it's just, you're not going to get much from it. But uh, I thought overall he played really well with the starters. Again, with the starters, is able to really soak in um, that playmaking ability. Uh, it really frees up McDaniels to just do what he does well, which is defend. And I thought he did a great job with that. Had some possessions against DeMar, had some possessions against uh, Vucevic, had some possessions against Pat Williams, including on the uh, last play of the game where he was, I mean, Pat Williams is stronger, and he got to the spot, and he, he got to a layup, but uh, McDaniels' length was able to allow him to contest and make it a really difficult layup, and Williams ultimately missed a shot at the end, and that was kind of the game-clinching defensive sequence, that along with the tap out from Mohamedou Gay, but we'll get to the bench afterwards. But yeah, I mean, I, you saw McDaniels with that group, you saw Gary with the with the starting group there, and all those kind of versions look pretty good. I feel bad for Chris, because he just fouled out in 13 minutes, I mean, it was one of those situations where Nick Vucevic was just kind of way too big for him to handle in the post. The Raptors also um, sent very little help. There's one play, for example, Vucevic was just on a straight post up against Boucher, probably like five, ten feet out. And it's like no help. He took like three, four dribbles and nobody came. And that would have just never happened last season. Last season, the Raptors would have swarmed. They would have recovered or would have scrambled and, and hopefully recovered. Right. That was their whole thing last year was just swarm, 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 swarm. Um, honestly, this is a situation where you probably should swarm, right? Because, you know, uh, Vucevic posting up Boucher is clearly a, a mismatch, especially with, in a night where Boucher um, was in so much foul trouble, so he couldn't really overcommit. And But yeah, I mean, Boucher had a tough against Vucevic playing at center, and also he had a tough playing against Andre Drummond playing at center. Um, so he, he gave like an and one, I believe, to, to uh, Drummond, and I think that actually fouled Boucher out. So very frustrating night for Chris. Um, but other guys were able to step into that starting group, and I thought they started really well. Um, you know, I thought they got off to a good start in the third quarter as well. Unfortunately, the second unit came in and without Gary sort of carrying on the playmaking, uh, the second unit started really looking horribly shaky. There was a stretch there, especially towards the second half of the third quarter. It was largely a bench group out there. Um, I think Pascal might have played a couple of minutes with them, but really wasn't that involved. And it was just like they just started bleeding points in, in ways that just were unforced errors. Like, you know, Malachi, like it was off a timeout. The Raptors are just coming back into the play and, and sort of Raptors bench versus Bulls bench. And Malachi's just trying to get the inbound pass. And he pushes two hands off of Javon Carter, who obviously is a pest. He's a, you know, that's what he does defensively. He's, he's sort of there to like pressure, but I mean, two hand shove in the chest, like that's going to be uh, a foul every single time. You need to find a different way to create that separation for an inbound. And again, we're talking about very simple things like an inbound. Like this is not a, uh, talking about an ability. It's not talking about talent. This is talking about like the bare basics 
uh, of basketball, right? Like we're, you know, and so, you know, turns the ball over there. Then next time down, you know, Thad and Malachi miscommunicate on a, just a simple dribble handoff and it's a steal and the, and the Bulls go the other way and Javon Carter makes a three and next time down, you know, Malachi dribbles in the crowd and turns it over and it was just rushing, rushing, rushing. They were kind of doing nothing with it. And even when they were kind of trying to set up plays, there's a play where Pascal made an extra pass to Thad, who actually made the layup, but it came like one second after the 24-second shot clock expired. The reason that shot clock expired is because the Raptors tried to run a double-staggered screen on one side of the floor, and it took them a really, really long time. They looked disorganized, and even when they set the screen on that side, they weren't really in position. Guys were just kind of like losing their heads almost. There was no organization with that group. Um, and so it was very disappointing because I thought the starters really came out and played well, gave them a lead. It wasn't a big lead. You know, obviously it wasn't that important of a game either, but you know, they built the momentum. They had reclaimed it. They had sort of put them in a good position. And all of a sudden the second unit comes in and they just start like losing their minds. Like I actually can't really describe it in a way that isn't just like, you know, various, um, synonyms of a panic. Like it just was panic out there. And, um, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, the Raptors lost the lead. The starters came back in for the start of the fourth quarter. And just in that stretch along the first six minutes, uh, you know, the starters were able to really, really push ahead and build a lead. And in that time, the Raptors, I think, had 17 points. I think they outscored the Bulls 17 to four to start the fourth quarter. Um, and it was Toronto starters versus Chicago starters. So it was a fair fight. And all 17 points were by Pascal and Scotty. And, and right away, you saw Scotty roll to the basket. He missed a shot, but he got his own rebound put it back in. Then Scotty knocked down a three from the top. Then Pascal knocked down a three from the top. Pascal made a little spin move in the post, scored. Pascal got in transition, scored. Pascal was able to find Scotty uh, in transition. Scotty scores. You know, Scotty was able to knock down another pick and pop three uh, very confidently as well. Um, yeah, those two guys just really, really carried that effort. And I love their defensive intensity there too because you look at a guy like Scotty, um, who for me was the player of the game, uh, you know, and, and I would say Pascal was sort of 1B in terms of, you know, his effectiveness there. But, I mean, for me, you know, Scotty was the player of the game. I mean, played so many different roles. Obviously, a bit more of a score with the starting unit. But in those transition units, you know, uh, Scotty was able to play a lot of, you know, essentially backup five. Um, and when he was out there, he would play like a playmaking five. It was very similar to what he did last season um, where especially without the Raptors having enough size. And obviously they've had Jakob, you know, who's been sick. Uh, Precious is working his way back. He was questionable for this game, but did not play in this game. And then Christian Coloco continues to deal with that um, unidentified illness, respiratory illness. So hopefully he's okay, but it doesn't seem like he's anywhere close. And so it's like, it's like you have Chris who's starting at center. And we know Chris is not really a center, even going back to the Tampa days where he, he played a lot of center, but Raptors bled a lot of points defensively. Um, and then you have Thad Young, who also isn't a center. And Thad, I mean, I hate belaboring it. I mean, it's it's it's. I, I suppose it's more of a function of the roster construct. But when you play him at center, it's like you are getting targeted and destroyed on every single pick and roll. He doesn't really move his feet well enough. Doesn't have the size well enough, and is not really going to do much other than potentially swipe a ball, potentially take a charge. Uh, but realistically, you're missing on the rebounding, you're missing the shot blocking. There is just very, very little functionally, defensively, um, that he's bringing in a positive way on, on defense at center. You have to cover for him defensively at center, which is really, really tough. Um, I don't really like that look at all. And, and hopefully when, um, when Precious comes back, he is the one taking that spot. At least with Precious, you can switch a lot of actions, keep the ball in front of you, prevent some penetration. 
And even though Precious also probably would have some size issues if he's guarding against Drummond, for example, or or Vucevic, uh, at least you could switch some pick and rolls. So it's not so simple where it's like, you know, Thad, again, doesn't have the foot speed really to switch out and keep the ball in front. And so the Bulls, I mean, they, they, they've known Thad like three, four years ago when he played there. So they know exactly sort of how to go at him, especially playing at center and, and he was bleeding points. Um, but my point was just like, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that uh, for the most part, yeah, the, the starting group really played well. And I think Scotty was a huge part of that. He played so many different roles. He played that backup five role. And I thought out of anybody who played center for the Raptors tonight, even nominally at five, Scotty was by far the best option. I mean, four blocks, two steals. Um, but it, it just speaks to his overall intensity, his, his, um, you know, his, his, his improved conditioning, which is something that he talked about at the end of the season, wanting to improve coming at media day, talking about, you know, that is exactly what he really worked on. That was his highlight of the off season. Um, and you know, when you saw a game like this, the plays that stand out to me are like, at the end of the first half, you know, Scotty's been out there um, for a decent chunk of it. And we're talking about the last minute of the first half. I mean, it's preseason. You could be gassed in that kind of moment. Most players would be. And you got Scotty like diving on the floor to, and after stripping the ball from Colby White, just picking him up in transition, stopping the transition, picking him up, then picking his pocket, creating a loose ball, diving on the floor, saving the, that ball, you know, uh, hitting it ahead to Gary, who then throws up a lob to Pascal to dunk it like when you're talking about having that much energy and that much drive, um, even at the end of a quarter there or at the end of a half, it, it's impressive to me. I think that that shows you that evidence of sort of not just uh, the conditioning, but also even just the compete level. It was very, very high from Scotty today. You know, you heard him scream, you know, get that, you know, blank out of here, Jack, you know, Jack Armstrong style. Uh, when he, when he came rotate over to block a shot, you know, um, uh, you know, just the way he was able to crash in for rebounds offensively, defensively, he did a great job. Um, and, you know, I, I think we've seen a lot of great stuff from Scotty attacking in transition, and we know he can do that, and we saw that today as well, but saw a lot of half-court execution. You know, we saw a lot of him operating in these dribble handoff actions, him in the post. You know, there's one play in the second quarter where Gary was high and Scotty got the ball in the post, and he, like, his back is to the, you know, the Bulls basket, and it's, He's like redirecting traffic and he essentially waves Gary to get around a screen off ball. And then Scotty took two hard dribbles, anticipated where the help was going to come from. And then through that instant kickout pass to, to Gary to set up that three, like the court awareness was there. And it was a lot of half court um, decision making and problem solving. I thought the first quarter, pretty much nobody from the Raptors starting group looked that great offensively. But from the second quarter onward, and especially uh, in the fourth quarter when the Raptors pulled ahead, Scotty was such a huge part of that. Love the fact that he's been pulling these threes. It's not even necessarily about taking a huge volume of those threes. It's about the situations when you're open, when the defense is sagged and, and everything like that. You know, you're open, confidently step into those. You know, like three attempts for Scotty is something I'm very comfortable with from three, especially when they're wide open. And especially when he's stepping to them with confidence. It's the same thing with Pascal, for example, right? Pascal, I thought, was the second most impressive player uh, for the Raptors tonight. And, you know, same thing in the fourth quarter, you know, when the Raptors are making this push and, and they're, you know, they're, they're essentially rectifying all the mistakes that their bench uh, made. Um, Pascal is, is, is part of that push. He's, you know, defending. He's doing a great job. He's pushing in transition. He's finishing. And you even saw the last play he made, I believe it was a three at the top. He's like begging for the ball and he's calling for the ball. Um, and he's that enthusiastic about getting a three off. Like, and, and I love that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, obviously Pascal's three point shooting is, 
um, can can be hit or miss. I would say it's mostly league average, but the fact that he's willing to take it and he's so happy to take it was was great to see. It was a great read, and overall his game was excellent. I mean, we're talking about twenty two points on eleven field goal attempts for Pascal, like incredibly efficient. Seven of seven from two point range, or six of six from two point range. Knocked down two threes as well. Four six from the foul line. Um, you know, did a great job, you know, defending as well, got a lot of active hands. You know, we saw him tonight guard a number of difficult assignments. Um, it was OG largely on DeMar DeRozan. I thought OG did a great job of a not falling for DeMar's pump fake. The only guy who fell for DeMar's pump fake today was McDaniels, who at least even though he jumped, he landed straight up and down and DeMar tried to lean in to get the foul call, but all it did was make the shot more, uh, contested and it missed kind of remind me of the Lebronto days, not going to lie. Uh, but OG also did a great job covering DeMar, you know, always sort of contesting, always making it difficult, not keep, not allowing DeMar to get downhill. And yeah, DeMar's going to make a couple of tough shots over OG because DeMar has that, like, it, it's not even a, it's not even, he needs to see the rim all, so much as like he has, he, he just needs to know where he is on the floor. And then he has that instant touch where he's able to make the shot no matter how contested. Um, I mean, DeMar's DeMar, like he's, he's awesome, right? But um, I thought OG did a great job guarding him. Um, offensively, I didn't really see enough from OG, which was disappointing to me. Um, I think it's just a, a case of bad reads. Like there's a couple, there's a play that stood out in the first quarter, right? So OG came around a curl. I think he was getting guarded by DeMar and OG had a step, um, on DeMar when he received the pass, he was actually open, but he didn't read it enough so that he was going into that curl with way too much speed. And even though he probably could have stopped anyway, gathered, maybe even taken one dribble and then shot it for three, which is probably what he should have done. Instead, he tried to make a little bit of move, drive inside that actually, you know, allowed DeMar to even get back into the play and recover. And then OG, I think, swung it back out. The advantage was there. He didn't make the right read and the chance was gone. Uh, Maybe the next play or the play after that in the same minute, uh, same scenario, OG comes off that screen, and even though he's actually more closely guarded this time coming off the same screen, OG forces up that three, and it's an air ball. And so those are opportunities where it's not that he doesn't have the ability to make a three like that at the top. It's not that he doesn't have the ability to even make a play off the dribble or even make the next pass for another guy, which I thought he did a couple times here today, which was nice. A couple good wraparound passes for OG. Um, but it's just not making the right read because um you know so, so much of uh, offense is going to come down to your awareness in addition to your ability and there was just a couple of plays where that didn't happen there's another play where scotty fed him the ball perfectly and it just kind of like fumbled it for og i wouldn't say og has bad hands it's not like it's like something where he consistently fumbles it um but you know a couple of those plays where he just wasn't really fully on time and that's why it's such a quiet game it wasn't like the ball wasn't coming to him it wasn't like anything like that I appreciate for OG that he at least was able to contribute, especially in that second or third quarter where he got in for a pair of putbacks, um, which was great. One of those was the and one as well. Um, and yeah, his defense was good. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the leap in offensive production, I mean, it, it's not going to come if he's not going to make better reads than he did tonight. So really wouldn't blame anyone other than sort of just like, you know, the need to improve in, in this instance. Uh, this is probably the most aggressive game we've seen from Dennis. Um, you know, I think that uh, it was interesting. Him and Kobe White actually had a little bit of a, you know, standoff there. Both guys got technicals um, after Kobe White, you know, pushed off on Dennis, no call, uh, you know, coming up the floor. And then Dennis was guarding him and got the two of these, you know, got each other's faces. I mean, Kobe White's a nice guy. Dennis is a nice guy. Dennis can sometimes get under people's skin. Obviously, OG flipped him that one time. And that's not the only time people have beef with Dennis. But 
um, it, it was it was kind of cool to sort of, um, you know, besides that little scuffle, it was just kind of cool seeing Dennis get downhill um, and get to the basket. He missed a couple of finishes. I feel like he probably could have made um, two or three more layups. Um, he just he gets to the spot um, really, really well. Obviously, he's very quick getting downhill. And I think in previous games, we saw a lot of um, Dennis playing with Jakob and getting the offense set up. But there is an opportunity for Dennis to score more as well. And it's obviously about finding the right balance. And I thought he did a good job with that tonight. I mean, even the looks that he he missed at the basket, I thought they were good looks. He just sort of like uh, narrowly missed on those. But he definitely has the speed and obviously the quickness to sort of turn the corner. Um, A variety of finishes. It seems like in terms of a variety of passes too, he loves a little bounce pass in traffic. He loves a little bounce pass to the roller in the pick and roll. I think his teammates are going to have to get used to that. Uh, I think Jakob is definitely used to it. Um, but we saw Chris fumble one. We saw Thad fumble one as well. These guys just have to have their hands ready with Dennis, man. He's going to feed you the ball. And it's not – I mean, it, it could be a little you know, quick little shovel pass, um, you know, just the, the standard play. But also at the same time, you know, he has a variety of angles. We've seen him throw passes behind his back. We've seen passes with the bounce pass. Um and he finds a variety of ways to to sort of throw that pass um, to his rollers. And I thought he did a decent job of running the offense tonight. It's a little bit difficult because I think he's missing his sort of um, partner of crime there. Um, he, I think he definitely needs a big to sort of play off of. And, and Jakob, I think, is going to be good for him. Wasn't able to do it with Chris today, mostly because Chris wasn't even in the game. Um, again, 13 minutes fouled out. Uh, and when Thad was in the game, you can kind of run it with Thad. But honestly, he was really struggling with that uh, in his own right. Um, and so Dennis kind of had to get his own sometimes. And, and I think there is that ability. You can definitely tell that he knows he can go for a bucket. Not like he can score whenever he wants. That would probably be like way too generous to, you know, for Dennis's skills. But at the same time, you, he, you know that there is another gear that he can reach, like literally speed gear that he can reach, uh, and he can jet to the basket. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the overall balance that he brought to, to that game. You know, clearly it was Pascal and Scotty who were the main scorers. Um, but at the same time, you do need some ability to create from your backcourt. And, um, you know, whether that was Gary for the first quarter or Dennis for occasional moments in the second and third quarter, um, those looked a lot better than what, you know, Malachi did. And this is where I got, I got, I got to get to some of the negatives, um, before I finish on a positive, because I thought there was some pretty nice things from Jermon Freeman Liberty, uh, Mohamedou Guy, uh, or Gay, and also, um, who else? Oh, Grady. I thought Grady played a good game too, but. To me, the biggest issue in tonight's game was just the Raptors couldn't really sustain or build their leads or or keep momentum because they couldn't turn it over to the bench. And I appreciate Darko's, um, you know, idea here of going 10 deep. He wants to give guys chances and, you know, you know, he wants to show trust in these guys. And and certainly you're not going to break that trust in a preseason game. Like, come on, whether you won it or lost it, it didn't really matter. You know what I mean? But um if you are going to extend that trust to the players, the players have to reward that trust by producing. And I'm not really expecting Malachi to come in here and, you know, light up the, you know, the, the bulls and, and, and score 20 off the bench and, and play make and also defend all that kind of stuff. But it, there's just the, the panic and the overall lack of bench scoring, especially in the second half was all like up to the, the backup point guard. Like at minimum, I need him to come into the game with a steadiness to set up the play, to organize the offense, get them into their sets and and get them something. But there was so much rushing going on. There was so much sort of like, um, you know, driving into traffic, bad reads, not making the simple play. It's like, again, I, I, 
I have a higher standard when it comes to you know whoever's running the the point or whoever has the ball. You want the the whoever has that responsibility to have the best decision making out there on the floor. And you did not see any good decision making from Malachi in that regard. Like I appreciate that he scrapped and he, he hustled for some rebounds. Like the fact that he's what you know probably the shortest guy on the floor tonight, but you know he still got got seven rebounds is cool to me. Um, you know, he was there for his activity on defense. I'll even give him that. But I, the offensive needs were so pressing for that second unit. And I didn't need him to take over and score like dominate. But I needed him to bring that element of calm to the group. And instead, he was contributing towards the panic. And, you know, like, not to say I'm like wanting uh, when I look at the Chicago Bulls. But, you know, you consider this context, right? Lonzo's hurt. Right. And and obviously, if Lonzo was healthy, he'd be their starting point guard. Alice Crusoe's hurt. He's now he's not long term hurt, probably come back soon. Um, but, you know, those two will be your starting you know backcourt. Right. You know, you then. OK, if that's fine. They still have Kobe White, who came in and, and did a decent job for them, uh, played a decent game. I mean, he's he's a, he's a good player. Um, you know, they have Javon Carter, uh, who they signed in the offseason. So they would come in and just aggressively bully uh Malachi and actually wrestle control away from the Raptors and that you know I mean uh, if the starters didn't come back in and save the, the the game I mean like the game would have been lost just on that alone like Javon Carter would have l- flipped the game uh which would have been which would have been pretty tough and they have Isle Desumnu who they were able to re-sign uh this offseason uh after drafting him I think second round a couple years ago like Isle Desumnu would easily get like 15 to 20 minutes for the Raptors off the bench and he's their four-string point guard on a night where they have their two leading guards who are injured. Or who are injured. On top of that, they obviously have Demar and Zach who can create offense. But we're just talking about point guards for the Chicago Bulls of all teams. It's not like the Bulls are like this amazing, you know, team with tons of point guards. My point is that there's so much point guard talent in the league um, that it's it's a shame to see that as a as a lacking spot. Like the Raptors have really struggled with this for three straight seasons now. You know, like we're talking about three straight seasons. We haven't really had this backup point guard position um, uh, filled uh, and capable. And obviously Malachi has been there the whole time. And you could say Malachi hasn't had his chances, hasn't had the consistency, you know, has had a coach who believed in him, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's been in the building and the, the chance has been begging for so long. Right. And we're not asking for the world here. Like if we had Javon Carter for the Raptors instead of Malachi in this position, Raptors could win this game comfortably because the bench doesn't like flip out. But it did. And, you know, for me, it was actually, I mean, I wanted Thad Young to bring some calm too. And there's no, I mean, he's, he's a vet. He's supposed to definitely do more than that. I can understand, okay, maybe, you know, physically it's a little difficult, definitely a lot more difficult to, you know, guard bigger players, guard these guys in pick and rolls, all that kind of stuff. Raptors not helping as much, you know, it's, it's, it makes it even harder for him to sort of contain the ball, all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, at least on offense, you get to Thad in the post and he's able to redirect. I mean, even him, you know, three turnovers, zero assists, like a couple bad passes. It's not, it's not, was not looking great for him either, right? So those are the two guys you need to bring that, that calm and that presence to that second unit. Because if you're going to go 10 deep, yes, there will be moments where you stagger in, you know, uh, starters with that bench group, right? We saw Scotty playing that, you know, playmaking five role with the bench group and that looked good in the first half. We saw Pascal with that bench group. Um, and it didn't look as good. Uh, you know, we, you know, I'm sure there were other sort of instances where you could sort of fold in that starter, but you still need your bench guys to come in. Like they got to hold their own, you know, and, and that's at minimum what I need from Malachi and Thad. And today they were just so shockingly lacking in that regard. 
So that was disappointing to me. It really was. However, I, I thought other guys were able to come in and, and, and contribute. I thought the third unit actually came in and it gave them a bit of a jolt. I mean, Grady came in and, you know, I, I think Grady, again, is just, <laughs> it, it's so funny watching him because he's playing with so much energy out there and it's frenetic. And he actually got into the game to start the second quarter and he got a transition layup. Uh, he got fouled on a jump shot, made both, got an offensive rebound, um, you know, and then afterwards got a steal. Someone else got the deflection, but he recovered the loose ball and then pushed it ahead. And the Raptors ultimately got a three, not as an assist for Scott or for, for Grady, but ultimately pretty good. But then he starts making mistakes, you know, like he was late on a three from uh, against Kobe White, just did a half, you know, closeout. You got to know your personnel. Kobe White is a guy you have to chase off the line or at least make him sidestep or something. You can't just half heartedly wave at him. That's a really good shooter. Right. Um, and then Pat Williams was open curling around the screen and Grady kind of got caught up on that screen and Williams got an open three and whatever. He missed a shot, but that's a 40 percent three point shooter. You need to you know find a way to navigate those screens. So. Obviously, there were errors that came with it, but overall, I thought Grady came in and you know made some good reads. I think the idea is that he's going to play better if he has better players on the floor. It's pretty much the same thing you can say about anybody, but especially for a shooter like him, especially for a younger player, you know, it's going to be able to look a lot easier when offense is set up for him. You know, he still has his moments where uh, when he's creating his own offense, it it doesn't look as smooth. But what I like about Grady's offense, even though he's not scoring right now, is that he's like catching the ball on the move, pump fake, um, you know, shot fake. And there's just something happening. Like it's not stagnant. It's quick decisions. They're forcing the defense to react and rotate. And, you know, I mean, everyone knows what the scouting report is, right? Like, you know, uh, white guy with the shooting sleeves on the floor, he's probably going to gun. And, and, and shoot a jumper as much as possible, right? So, you know, you're definitely, even just instinctively, all your life basketball experience tells you, okay, I need to close out on this guy. And he's forcing those closeouts, he's forcing those rotations, and he's making those quick passes. He's trying to attack and drive the, the, the gaps. I think for me, seeing the film back for Grady, or I never even seen the film back, even just watching in the moment, I could tell. Um, the reads where he's, like, curling downhill, um, yeah, you got to be really careful with those. Like, he got stuffed a couple of times going to the basket, where I think in college, probably he has enough size where he's able to pump fake, get a defender on his heels, drive that close out, and then get all of the basket. He is 6'8". He does have some length um, and some size. But ultimately, you know, there's a huge jump between what is, you know, collegiate level help defense versus Andre Drummond. I mean, Andre Drummond is not even like that great of a defender. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> he's still seven feet tall with plenty of athleticism. So he's going to stuff your shots. So... If you're going to go downhill, you got to go a little harder or pick your spots better. But I do like his overall activity. He does sort of force things um, to, to happen. Uh, he had three turnovers. I feel like at least two of those are just walks um, where he's sort of pump faking and trying to pump and go kind of scenario. And obviously, you got to make sure your feet are down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I liked his production. And I thought the, for the, in terms of the third unit, the guys who really came in that really provided something because the starters gave that – you know, gave the gave the Raptors a lead to start the third quarter. Then the bench came in and completely, you know, pooped the bed, lost the lead. Then the starters came in to start the fourth quarter. Re, um, you know, took over the, the the lead once again. And then the third unit came in, and all of a sudden they're just panicking again. And it's like, guys, who is going to take some sort of ownership of the situation and just stop the bleeding and just like bring some calm? And I thought it was Javon Freeman Liberty. I mean. Seven minutes, only played in the fourth quarter. So he, he's he been in the Bulls system for uh, at least last year. He was with their uh, G League system. He was one of their prospects, I think, on a two-way. Goes to Summer League with Chicago. 
um, did really well, was named second, you know, team all summer league. And the Raptors decided to sign him up for one of our two ways. And um, so it was nice. I mean, he's from the Chicago area as well. So I'm sure he had friends and family, you know, in attendance watching him. And, you know, on, and just even on that regard alone, giving him some minutes is a cool gesture. But I don't think it was some sort of charity. I think he came into the game with a purpose. I mean, when the rest of the Raptors were floundering and giving up the lead, Javon Freeman Liberty was the one who stopped the bleeding with a little putback, just sneaking underneath the basket, making himself available um, off another horrible shot by the Raptors. You know, Javon was able to get in there for a putback. Then the next play down, you know, the Raptors finally, after probably two, three minutes of not running anything other than just like chickens without their heads, um, they finally run a sequence where they're able to get Javon on the move, coming out of the corner off a dribble handoff so you can turn downhill. He gets downhill, draws a defender, and makes a really quick, nifty pass out to Grady Dick, who was on the wing there, and he was able to catch it, shoot it, fire it, knock it down. Exactly what you want to see from Grady, but also exactly what you want to see from Javon, right? That settled the Raptors in. All of a sudden, they got five quick points up. Then Javon was able to find uh, Mohamedou Gay for for two passes, cutting to the basket. And I, and I love how hard Gay plays. He cuts and he's fearless. You know, Boucher has been calling him his twin, um, you know, and he's been giving him that advice. You know, we had that interview with Chris uh, that we played on Monday's show. If you haven't checked that out, it was a really fun one. But he talked about it. Sort of the, his advice for Mohamedou Gay was sort of the exact same thing. You know, you have to go out there and sort of play fearless and you're probably going to go to the G league, but you know, you go all out, you, you hustle like crazy. You know, Chris is sort of the living example of what, you know, uh, gay really hopes to become in this league um, in terms of their similar physical profiles even. And yeah, I mean, uh, gay made a hard cut. Javon Liberty, uh, Freeman Liberty made a nice little simple pass, but also a clever pass to find him. Gay had a, a, you know, dunk on that. And another one where I think Grady fumbled the ball, saved the ball, um, but I saved it to Javon who instantly got double teamed in the corner. And I thought, Oh my God, he got trapped in the, in the corner. You know, this is probably not a good thing. And then in, from that position against a double team trapped in the corner, he's able to slip a pass out to gay once again, cutting to the basket and gay got hacked. He got hacked. And so, um, that actually resulted in free throws. He made one of two, but just some really good decision-making. Like most of the offense in the fourth quarter down the stretch was created by Javon, and, you know, the Raptors were ultimately able to carry a one-point lead. And, you know, I think the, they had probably 28 seconds left in the game clock, 24 on the shot clock. So Darko calls a timeout. Finally, we got to see a little bit of crunch time execution. You know, obviously, it's not going to be, uh, you know, your main guys in there. But at the same time, let's see sort of what the offensive execution is going to be. He gets together with his assistant coaches. And I'm not sure if they executed the play to its completion, but they came out, essentially, they gave the ball to Malachi. Um, and then they had Grady come up to set a screen for him. Grady kind of ghosts the screen, which means he doesn't really set the screen. He kind of slips out of it um, and creates a little bit of a momentary gap in terms of where the two defenders are trying to coordinate how to guard that pick and roll. Um, and Malachi was able to dribble in and get to the mid-range and fired up a quick contested mid-range, which um, was not close to going in and... If I had my pick of anybody to take that shot, it wouldn't have been Malachi. I mean, he was 0 of 7 in the game tonight. Um, wasn't like he was in a rhythm or a flow or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, just not a really. I, I think the execution. I think the the design of the play is okay, but the execution I just think was was poor. The only thing you might say that was somewhat good about it was that it maintained a two for one advantage. Um, but I mean, at the same time, the Raptors were up. Like, I'd rather just get a good shot and kill as much as the clock as possible. 
I don't even necessarily want a two-for-one advantage in that case, but still, the Raptors miss a shot. The Bulls rebound. They call timeout. Billy Donovan, who was the head coach, Darko used to work on, as his assistant in OKC, uh, you know, Billy Donovan draws up a play. They give the ball to Patrick Williams at the top. Patrick, is, it kind of looks like it was made a dribble handoff, but no one really came, and Patrick actually just attacked um, and got a step on uh, Jaden McDaniels. Jaden was able to contest and close out, and again, once again, Jaden is just very long. He's like 6'10", and he's got a really great wingspan. Patrick Williams is also quite big as well. He's probably like 6'8", but, you know, he's stronger, um, you know. And so he got, got to the spot, but I thought McDaniels contested it well. The layup was a little bit, you know, long, and uh, Gay was able to slide over and tap it back out, and Malachi was able to get it, you know, bring it past half court. Uh, Grady was running right behind him, which was really not a good idea because you need to space out um, and not bring your second defender over to him, be an outlet instead. But luckily the Bulls, you know, wrapped up Malachi. Malachi at least goes to the foul line and knocks down both, and that makes it a four, uh, three-point game. And uh, the Raptors then defend, and, you know, I don't even remember what happened with the Bulls getting a three-point look off, but it wasn't very good, and the Raptors were able to close out. So good result, you know, good result, good, you know, good performance. The starters played well. The guys you need to play well play well. And there is obviously room for growth, but you can work on those things. Um, and yeah, I mean, no one's promising a perfect team. No one's promising a perfect performance from the Raptors, especially not in preseason, especially not without their full roster. Jakob is such an important piece. I mean, not having him is, is such a big uh, disruption towards sort of their goals for the season. Um, but they were able to pull out the win, which is nice. Uh, and I'm going to get to the three stars, but just really quickly, I wanted to highlight a couple of things that I saw on the defensive side of the floor. Um, Definitely a lot less double teaming. Like, definitely a lot less double teaming. You might argue that, like, maybe you could have used a little bit more double teaming against Zach Levine. Probably could have sent a little bit more help against, you know, Vucevic. I mean, whether it was Boucher or or, uh, or Thad Young, neither guy is really equipped to guard Vucevic, you know, like that. Um, so you definitely need a little bit of help. But I think more than anything else, today, relative to what I've seen for the last two, three years under Nick Nurse, Raptors went under so many screens. And the Bulls are not that strong with a three-point shooting team. I mean, what, they overall only got 26 attempts and made nine of uh, 26. So wasn't exactly an impressive total. Still somehow better than the Raptors, nine of 31. Uh, but, you know, the Raptors did a good job of sort of keeping, um, just making the Bulls, like, actually make shots over top of their length. Like, there wasn't over clo- the super hard closeouts and scrambling and all that kind of stuff. It was just mostly like solid basketball where the Raptors were keeping their man in front, you know, and, and deflecting. And, and we saw OG with two quick deflections in the first quarter kind of set the tone for the team. And, you know, you saw Dennis sort of get a couple of, uh, you know, deflections there. You saw Pascal get a lot of deflections. Scotty was everywhere defensively. I, I just thought they, they leveraged their defensive talent um, in a more conservative way versus sort of like, what they did last season, which they always were over leveraging, always looking to gamble, always looking to create surprise double teams. And um, yeah, I think the Raptors looked much more contained overall today. And, uh, you know, it, even on a night where they didn't have any centers to really contend with uh, the Bulls on the offensive glass, I think, uh, you know, Raps did well overall um, just to, you know, keep the Bulls relatively in check and listen this is this is a decent like bowl side you know like they played their main guys you know they were um you know obviously they, they didn't have caruso but this is pretty much the bulls and they, they they played just rotation players throughout um and yeah i thought the raps actually handled themselves quite nicely so congrats to darko 
I'm sure that's you know going to be many meetings with Billy Donovan, but uh, it, it must be cool for him going up against his uh, his old uh, boss. But um, this is already too many words for a, a pregame, a, a, a preseason uh, react pod. So your three stars from tonight's performance uh, already alluded to it, but Scotty Barnes is your first star: twenty-two points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals. Four blocks, uh, eight of fourteen from the field, two of three from three, four of four from the foul line. Pretty much everything you wanted to see. I mean, that's all very productive. All in the span of twenty-eight minutes, played a number of different roles. You know, ran a little point, uh, played some playmaking five, made some plays defensively at five, breaking out in transition. His uh, um, conditioning looked good. He was able to knock down a couple threes. Confident in those. You know, you can't ask for anything else. Like this is the this is the talent of Scotty Barnes. He's able to contribute in every like facet his box score is so stuffed when i'm looking at overall so yeah great great performance from scotty right up there with him was pascal siakam 22 points on 8 of 11 shooting you know uh two of five from three four six on the foul line five rebounds three steals um yeah i think you know impressive thing with pascal like he he just scored 22 points with and and he didn't even use his like go-to moves in terms of that mid-range jumper right like there were very few mid-range looks Overall, from the Raptors, just in this game period and, and uh, throughout preseason, but like that's where so much of his game came from, right? Like that, you know, mid range, maybe even short mid range game, all that kind of stuff. This was just pure drives, catch and shoot threes, transition looks. You know, you know obviously he's got to throw in the little spin move, the post up, but very little off the dribble, very little, well, not even very little off the dribble, but very little off the dribble that resulted in mid-range pull-ups. When he, when he was dribbling, he was getting to the basket and finishing at the rim. And, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm thinking, like, yes, is less touches. Like, 11 shots for Pascal in 31 minutes is fairly rare. You can go through last season. That's probably not happening that much. But the efficiency was there, right? And think about the context of the game. And whatever, he's not going to shoot, what, 8 of 11. It's like 75-plus percent, you know, like, He's not going to do that every game. Um, but, I mean, or I mean, you know, I think that's the idea, though. You make him more efficient. Um, I thought defensively he gave you good effort as well. Um, you know, so just overall, that's nice. Uh, your third star from tonight's performance. Um, a couple ways you can go with this. I probably, I'm going to give it to Gary. I, I'm, I'm really loving the little playmaking that we're seeing from him. I know we're at, we're only seeing a little bit, but we've seen like almost none. So I think that that is something that's been really, really nice to see. Unfortunately, he couldn't carry over that same momentum to the second half as well. But first half, he was clearly a stand on 11 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals in 25 minutes. Uh, just they got to find a way for him to finish a little bit better in transition. You know, there's just a couple of opportunities where he gets chased down. But um that's an easy fix relative to some of the harder things he did today. So it was impressive. But honestly, part of me really did want to give it to Javon once again. I know I gave it to him after the Cans game. But, um, yeah, shouts to Javon, man. Way, way to show it in front of uh, your home crowd uh, against your former team. It's, it's, I know it's just preseason, but he played a huge role. Like, the Raptors literally don't win this game in the fourth quarter without him. They get, they get blown out in the fourth without Javon. Um, your Gerald Henderson award winner, um, I don't know. I mean... I feel like the Bulls kind of played exactly how I expected them to play. Um, if I, I if I had to pick, maybe like Patrick Williams. I don't even know. This is exactly what you expect the Bulls game. Let's just say Patrick Williams. For, forget it. But yeah, I mean, you know, he's got some size. You know, you drive when he scores, it looks really nice. Like you know, it was a play where the Raptors went under a screen and Pat Williams knocked down a pull up three, and it was like whoa, and the crowd got excited. But like you look at the final stat line, he's four thirteen. 
including missing the game-winning layup. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, defensively, he's he's decent, but like, there's only so much. You know what I mean? Like, if he was so decent defensively, he didn't really affect what Pascal or Scotty were doing, and that's who he should have been guarding, right? So. Anyway, whatever. Um, I don't really care about the Bulls. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptor Show. It's super important. Obviously, we're back for the season, back on air Monday to Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. Fortunately, no YouTube. Uh, it hurts me, too. But uh, at the same time, you can catch us on Sportsnet 360. You can watch us on Sportsnet+. Plus, um, and you can watch a lot of the cutdowns and stuff like that uh, on, on social, at least. Uh, but obviously, if you need to... The, the this is it, it adds even more of a need for everybody to subscribe to the podcast feed uh because that is where you will always get all our content for free no matter what um and so yeah looking forward to talking more about this watching the film breaking it down with uh, Blake Murphy tomorrow and then going around the league with my pound the rock, rock boys back on a Wednesday so it'll be a, it'll be a nice show tomorrow but for now thanks everyone for listening and uh yeah Raptors 3 and 0 in preseason maybe they can finish 4 and 0 that'd be nice <laughs>